Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. We're working through, again, this a biblical definition of, of prayer. Uh, we've walked through that, uh, you know, prayer is, is asking God to do something. Prayer is uh, considered a great blessing. We've seen that even with all that, though, that there are things that hinder our prayer. We look specifically at things that the Bible said, here are here are, here are things that will cause you to, to not pray, that will keep you from praying. We've said abundance, we looked at doubt, we looked at disobedience. Conveniently, it was ADD, what intended to be that way, but it worked out. Uh, just things that the Bible specifically says, these will keep you from praying. But then we saw next, in terms of how to pray, not so much the things that we should pray, but the things that we shouldn't, how not to pray. And the reason we did that is because that's where Jesus began. As, as you're in Matthew 6, you see already that in teaching about prayer, the first thing that Jesus taught his disciples was how not to do it. And so we then went and said, all right, what passages do we see in Scripture? Or what does the Bible teach us about how not to pray? And, and we looked at five specific ways that the Bible taught us how not to pray. We looked at uh, praying with our minds on others. That was the first thing that Jesus talked about in, in Matthew uh, chapter 6 where uh, we, we want to pray out loud, so that, but we're, we're thinking about what everyone else is thinking about our prayer and how great it sounds. The other, he said, is a danger that comes with long prayers, which isn't so much worrying about what others think, but thinking that by saying a lot, we will motivate God to action. Uh, so the second way not to pray was, was praying to try to impress God with, uh, with our words, God or others, because Jesus said we'll do the same thing to try to impress other people with our words. We'll try and say a lot and make us, make us look really uh, holy. Uh, then we looked at the danger of, of doubting prayers in James chapter 1. We looked at the danger of, of praying for the wrong reasons in James chapter 4. And then last week uh, we looked at, uh, or the last couple of weeks, we looked at praying while refusing to repent. Praying with our eyes still seeing the sin, cherishing iniquity, as Psalm 66 says, but, but seeing that iniquity in our hearts and doing nothing about it. The Lord will not listen uh, to those uh, prayers. But the good news is, that's all the negatives that we have right now, right? Uh, that's, we finished the how not to praise. We finished all the negatives, the things that hinders prayers, the, the ways we're not supposed to pray. And so now what you've all been waiting for, we get into the positives, the how to actually do it. Because so far we've just seen what keeps us from doing it and how not to do it. But now you guys are actually going to get to pray. Uh, now we're going to get into the, what does the Bible teach us about how to actually pray? What does biblical prayer look like? If this is what it doesn't look like, if those things that we, we looked at previously are what it doesn't look like, what does it look like? And so we're going to look at a couple things. We're going to look at the content of biblical prayer, the, the sort of what should you pray for, and then we're going to look at the character of biblical prayer, like the how to pray, how to pray for it. We're going to start with the, with the content of biblical prayer, the, the what should we be praying for. For the next several weeks, we'll look at uh, specifically the Lord's Prayer. We're going to walk through the Lord's Prayer and see what Jesus teaches us about what we should be praying for. Uh, about what we should be praying for and, and getting what should the content of my prayer be. So as I'm praying, what, what should I be asking for? If pray, prayer is asking God, what sort of things uh, should I be, be asking for? And to do that, that's why we're back in Matthew 6. We're at the Sermon on the Mount. Let's go down now to this prayer that we all know, beginning in verse 9. Let's start looking at the Lord's Prayer to see the content 
uh, of, of what our prayer should look like. So let's stand in the honor of reading uh, the word of God like that Psalm just asked us to be able to treasure and honor it more precious than silver or gold. Uh, let's pray that we would, we would do that now, not just with the, the pages that we're holding or reading, uh, but with the, the God who has given them to us, that these words would, would be a cherish to us. So beginning in verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would teach us this prayer. I pray that your words would teach us how to pray and what to pray for. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's talk uh, a little about the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to do that by uh, walking through the prayer itself for the next uh, several weeks. Uh, And what we're going to see in the Lord's Prayer is the Lord's Prayer is a pattern for our prayer life. That's the first thing we're going to see, that the Lord's Prayer is intended to be a pattern for us to follow. Right? I don't know if, if any of you are into sewing or knitting, or but they, don't they use patterns in that? Uh, this is a pattern that you are meant to be following along in the Lord's Prayer. And you can see that with the intro. What's the very first thing Jesus says before he gets into the prayer? He starts out in verse 9, pray then like this. Okay, so he's told them how not to pray. He's told them about not praying with their minds on others. He's told them about not praying long prayers to impress God. And he says, instead, pray then. So pray in light of these dangers. Pray then like this. So what are some things we can learn from the understanding that the Lord's Prayer is a pattern for our prayer life? So just looking at the Lord's Prayer in general and using this first thing that Jesus says, pray then like this, what can we learn about how we should be using the Lord's Prayer? The first thing we can learn is the Lord's Prayer is a specific pattern. The Lord's Prayer is a specific pattern. People ask, why don't, we, why don't we pray the Lord's Prayer? Well, the truth is we probably, we probably should more. Jesus is not in the Lord's Prayer just spouting off an option for prayer. He is giving us a specific model for our prayers. He says, pray then like this. Pray then like this. This specific prayer is meant to be an answer to all of these prayer problems that he's just been talking about. He's talked about the danger of public prayer. He's talked about the danger of long prayer. So if you want to, so as he's, he's laying out this and telling them what not to do, he's saying, look, if you want to avoid the dangers of prayer, if you want to avoid all the how not to's that we talked about in Matthew 6 and James 1 and James 5 and Psalm 66, all the things that the Bible says, here's going to be a danger for you when you go to pray. Jesus says, here are the dangers. How do you avoid them? Pray then like this. If you want to avoid the dangers of prayer, of how not to pray, then rely heavily on this model prayer. 
The fact that this is meant to be a specific prayer that Jesus is given when he teaches us, that he's not just choosing random words, but is laying out for us a specific model with specific words that he wants us to follow is probably made even more clear in Luke chapter 11. Because Jesus teaches this prayer, this same prayer again. Jesus gave this example to pray in Matthew 6, and then later on in his ministry, he's going to give this same prayer in Luke 11. Luke 11, beginning in verse 1. Now when Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. So we've got got very similar situations here between Luke 11 and Matthew 6. You've got Jesus and his disciples, but this time, Jesus is not specifically delivering a sermon on prayer. This springs from a question of one of his disciples, and they they want Jesus to teach them to pray. Jesus, John taught his disciples how to pray, they say. They've been with Jesus now for a couple of years, and he hasn't done what John's done with his disciples. He hasn't taught them to pray, and he gives them what? He gives them again this model prayer. Uh, I don't, uh, it's funny, I don't know if, if when he started giving them this in Luke 11, if they sort of had this Like, as he's saying it, if they're like, oh, yeah, he kind of did already teach us how to pray. Uh, I don't know if if as they're hearing this again now a a second time, uh, if they're realizing, I feel like we've heard this before, Uh, if they're they're recognizing that. But but Jesus' words in Luke 11 are somewhat more forceful, aren't they? In in Matthew chapter 6, he says, pray then like this and you go well maybe this is just sort of a sort of a you know just a as an example uh, but here in Luke 11 he says when you pray say say this and then he gives them this lord's prayer well, well what do we see in both of these that's taking place Jesus is setting up a pattern that he expects his disciples to follow in their prayer lives Jesus is expecting them to, when they pray, pray like these words. When you pray, say this. Jesus is setting up a specific pattern for his disciples to follow. The fact that these prayers are the same in both occasions, maybe years apart, shows us that these aren't just flippant examples from Christ but a specific pattern that Jesus is laying out multiple times. If you want to know how to pray, this is what you say. If you want to know how you pray, this is what you say. A couple things about that in, in recognizing this is a specific pattern. One, if we're honest, we should probably pray this prayer more. And by that, I mean, we should probably pray these specific words more. Somehow the Lord's Prayer has become like a cop-out prayer like not a real prayer. Like when someone doesn't know what to pray, they pray the Lord's prayer. And you're like, well, they just didn't want to think about what to pray. So they just prayed the Lord's prayer. I don't know how in the world, uh, if anything, uh, as we're going to see, we should need an excuse not to pray these words. Uh, But we should, we should probably rely on these words more often. Jesus is pretty emphatic here 
When you pray, pray like this, Lord's Prayer. When you pray, say, then he gives the Lord's Prayer. I mean, Jesus is, Jesus is giving out specific examples in both of how we should pray. And he goes back to these words. We should be able to say at the end of our lives, you said to pray like this, and I did pray like that. I didn't just say, see, because what often happens is we think we can just pray any, way, any old way we want to. I mean, Jesus laid out for us, pray like this. And most of us have never even considered if our prayers look anything like the Lord's Prayer. We've never taken our prayers and, and looked at the Lord's Prayer and said, man, am I following Christ's example at all? Some of, it, some of us, it might have been years since we've ever prayed this prayer, or we might have never prayed this prayer. We might have learned it, but we might have never sat down and said, what should I pray? I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer. What I pray, I'm going to pray. I'm going to say this because the Lord told me to. He certainly, I mean, sometimes we think that this Lord's Prayer, like it's a cold prayer because it's already been written down. Like if you prayed this, you wouldn't mean it. But Jesus certainly didn't, didn't fear that with his disciples. He didn't say, now when you pray, say, but only say it once because after that you won't mean it. Because if you repeat it, then you don't mean it. He says, pray this. When you pray, say these words. When you pray, pray like this. So I think one danger we have in the church is we've probably moved too far away from the Lord's Prayer. We all know it, but... We very rarely use it. Let me encourage you in, in your prayer life to start taking Jesus up uh, at his word. Pray like this. When you pray, say these words. The truth is, if, if we never pray like this, or if we never say these words, we're missing out on something in prayer. If we're wanting to just, so if you're, if you're wanting to start out in developing prayer and you're like, I want my prayer life to be, to be better. I want to know how to pray. Well, what should I pray? How should I start praying? Let me encourage you. Start praying the Lord's prayer. Maybe you're like, I've never been really good at prayer. I, I don't know how to do it. I kind of fumble. I don't know the words to say. I don't know what to say. You know what I tell people when they say, I don't know what to say. I said, good. Jesus told you what to say. He told you exactly what to say. So pray the Lord's prayer. If you're, if you're someone who's wanting to protect yourself and your prayers from the dangers, the common dangers of prayer, like Jesus talked about in Matthew. So that first example is Luke 11. Lord, teach us to pray. Okay, say this. Maybe you're someone who sees yourself getting caught in the dangers of prayer. Maybe you're someone who sees yourself when you're praying, your mind is on other people. You're thinking about what are other people thinking? You're thinking about, do they think this prayer is great? Are other people thinking I'm a one? What are they thinking about my spiritual life by what I say? Maybe you're someone who gets into the danger of, of acting like a pagan when you pray because you keep heaping up word after word after word thinking God's not going to act unless I say something really special or unless my words are really cool. Only then will he be moved to respond to me. Or maybe you're someone who like Jesus warns about as well. Maybe you're using a lot of words because you're trying to impress other people with your words. If you get caught in any of those dangers, how does Jesus tell you to address that? He says, if any of those are dangers to you, this is what I want you to do. Pray like this. And he gives them the Lord's Prayer. If you want to avoid common dangers in prayer, one thing you can do is, is pray this prayer. This is a prayer for you. You're just learning how to pray. This is the prayer for you. You're someone who wants to avoid the dangers of prayer. This is the prayer for you. Jesus is in the Lord's prayer, laying down a specific model. The Lord is giving us the Lord's prayer so that we might pray that 
prayer. Otherwise, we would expect the example of prayer in Luke 11 to be different from the example of prayer in Matthew 6. Totally different words, totally different focus, different group, years apart, whatever, but they're not. They're the exact same words. So these words are intentional and they are important. So the first thing as we even get into the Lord's Prayer is to realize that this is a pattern for our prayer life and it is a specific pattern with the words that are important. These words are important and we're going to see how these words are, were, were so similar going forward. So it's a specific pattern for prayer, uh, but it's not just a specific pattern. It is a universal pattern for prayer. Uh, the Lord's Prayer was a pattern for all of Christ's disciples. This is what I mean. Maybe the Lord is giving the Lord's Prayer, but who's he giving it to? He's giving it to his disciples in the first century, you know, people who'd been with him for a while or whatever. How do we know that this is a prayer that we're supposed to pray? Well, when Jesus gives the Lord's Prayer, he actually gives it for all of his disciples that are on a wide spectrum of spiritual maturity. You go back, go back and look at Matthew chapter six, verse nine, when he says, pray then like this. It's interesting. You can't see this in the ESV because they remove it for structure. But if you have like a King James version or an NIV, you'll see the word you in there. That's because in the Greek, the word you or if you all, or if you're from Oklahoma, y'all would be in there. Uh, Literally, it would say, so then, or, or like Uh, then pray you all, you all pray this way. Now, remember what's going on in Matthew 6 when he says, like then you all pray, pray like this, you all, all of you. In Matthew 6, Jesus isn't just speaking to the 12 disciples. What's going on in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7? What, what, What event is taking place there? 5, 6, and 7. You all, like I saw several people like whispering it. You're right. Sermon on the Mount. Uh, The Sermon on the Mount is taking place. And Jesus is speaking, not just to the 12 disciples, Jesus speaking to a mountain full of people. And Luke tells us in that crowd, you had a great crowd of disciples and you also had a great crowd of other people from just all over the place that had just heard about this Jesus guy and what he was doing. And they were there to see it. This is in Luke chapter six, verse 17. It says, and he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. So Jesus is praying to a whole bunch of his disciples and a whole bunch of other people. You got all that. You got all these people from all these places, all these different backgrounds, all these different histories, all these different spiritual levels. You've got disciples who've been with him for years. You've got, you've got crowds who are just new to the scene. And yet Jesus can say, all of you pray like this. The Lord's prayer is not just a, a super, it is not a subpar spiritual prayer for the new believer, nor is it a super par spiritual prayer for only the elite. The Lord's Prayer is a universal pattern for all of Christ's disciples. It is a model for all Christians, every disciple of Christ. This is a prayer for you. Jesus comes to you, whether you are a disciple or one of the crowds, and says, pray then like this. 
So the Lord's Prayer is a, is a pattern of prayer for the Christian, no matter their spiritual level. If you're sitting here and you're going, I've moved beyond the Lord's Prayer, you need to go back and read the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if you're a Christian and you think, ooh, I'm not ready for the Lord's Prayer, that's deep, it's too much for me, I don't know if I can grab all that, look, you need to go back and read the Lord's Prayer. Because Jesus says whether you're, you're one of his disciples, great crowd of the disciples, or just a great crowd, this prayer is for you. Pray then like this. But it's not just a pattern for Jesus' disciples on the mountain. Because it could be, this is just for people to pray that are sitting there on that mountain at that time. Maybe this is just an example. Yeah, it's an example for the spiritually young and the spiritually mature, but, but just for those people in Matthew 6. It's just a specific prayer that they are dealing with. We're going to see that the Lord's Prayer is actually a universal pattern, not just for all levels of Christian, but for all Christians for all time. And we see that Jesus is delivering this to his disciples. He says, you all pray like this, but then we see... What, what, what else happens? Jesus prays this same prayer in Luke chapter 11. Now, why does the fact that he prays this in Luke chapter 11, why does that show us that the Lord's prayer is meant to be universal? Where there are several ways we can see that, that this, is, this is showing the Lord's prayer is meant to be universal. One is the distance between the two teachings. There are years that separate the events of Matthew 6 and Luke 11. And yet the Lord's prayer is given to them both. So time is not an issue. The difference in time, yet the same prayer, years apart, yet the same prayer is given. So there's a great difference in distance between the two. There's a disparity between the disciples, like we talked about. In Matthew chapter 6, you've got a large crowd of disciples, and you've got a large crowd of people that are coming to see him. But by the time you get to Luke 11, it's like a totally different situation. In fact, it's almost the exact opposite. In Matthew 6, you've got all the people coming to see him. By Luke 11, you might have a totally different crowd of disciples because you know what happens in Luke chapter 10? Between Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11 is where you have that instance where Jesus says those hard things and many of the disciples leave him. And Jesus comes to the 12 and says, are you going to leave? And Peter says, where else we go? You've got the words of life. That, ha- that happens in Luke 10. So when you get to Luke 11... And you have the disciples saying, Lord, teach us to pray. You have a totally different group than you had in Matthew 6. You don't have a great crowd of disciples. And you don't have a great crowd of others from Tyre and Sidon and Seacoast and all that. You've got, you've got the, the leftovers. You've got, you've got these faithful few. And yet, what does Jesus tell them? Jesus gives them the exact same prayer. So two very different groups of disciples, yet the same the same message. The Lord's Prayer is not just something that, that, that fit the masses on the mountains. It also fit the, the faithful disciples who remain true. The same prayer fit both of them. So you've got two very different situations, years apart, but you also have a difference between the two teachings. And by that, I mean this, not that the prayers are different, But in Matthew chapter 6, why is the Lord's Prayer given? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives the Lord's Prayer primarily as a prayer to combat bad prayers. So he's trying to give them a prayer that's going to combat bad prayers and, you know, God, you know, ones that aren't God focused, ones that are long or whatever. And a a prayer that's meant to highlight the importance of forgiveness. 
you look at the end of the Lord's Prayer, that's where Jesus is going to shift to in his focus. Well, in Luke chapter 11, it's not meant to combat bad prayers. In Luke chapter 11, it's just a simple prayer that's meant to teach prayer. That's used as a, as a springboard to teach them, hey, God answers the prayers of his people. So you have two very different teaching contexts. One, he's trying to teach people about the bad prayers that they've seen. And the other is he's just trying to teach them really just to trust the Lord in their prayer. And yet, what prayer did he give them in both? The Lord's Prayer in both of them. So you've got two very different groups of disciples, years apart, two very different contexts, and Jesus doesn't craft a specific prayer for each situation. Instead, he gives and then repeats the Lord's Prayer as a model. So that no matter when you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, the Lord's Prayer is a pattern for you to follow. So when you're looking at the Lord's Prayer, what can you see? The Lord's Prayer is a specific pattern. These words, these specific requests are important and they're important as a help. They are a specific pattern that God has given us. He has not given us another pattern. He has given us this pattern. If anything, the Lord's Prayer should be our go-to prayer. It should be the one we rely on the most. That's true both publicly and privately. As we're going to see in Matthew chapter 6, what does he say? Our Father. You want an example? And, and that fits with the problem in Matthew 6, right? The problem in Matthew 6 is about praying out loud. And so Jesus is giving them an example of how to pray out loud. And he says, our Father. Now you'll notice in Luke 11, when he tells them about prayer and it's just the disciples there and he's not warning them about public prayer. He just says, Father. Uh, So this is a great, the Lord's Prayer, whether you're praying a a public prayer in front of others or a private prayer, uh, the Lord's Prayer is a great prayer for you to say. It is a model prayer for you. And, And think about it. Think about the words that Jesus used. If Jesus says, pray like this, if Jesus says, when you pray, say this, and we never do that, That's a problem. If in fact we think this is a prayer we can't pray, like somehow the Lord's Prayer is again has become childish. As if this is, if you pray the Lord's Prayer, you're not really trying. That shows us we aren't seeing the Lord's Prayer as the model it's meant to be. If we've never taken our prayers and measured them against the rubric of the Lord's Prayer, then we haven't listened to Jesus when he says, when you pray, pray like this. Are you praying like that? Are you praying these these words? Because it is a specific pattern and it's also a universal pattern. The Lord's Prayer is a model for all of God's people for all of time. Uh, Christian, the church will never outgrow it. It will never become obsolete. You'll never move beyond the Lord's Prayer in your spiritual walk, and it will never be too too deep for you either. The Lord's Prayer is a model for all of us. Now, next week, we're going to see even more what the Lord's Prayer teaches us, what it instructs us in. We're going to see, ultimately, how it points us to Christ Uh, But when the Bible says, pray then like this, uh, I had to figure out a way to stop it because it was going to be too long if we just did it in one. Uh, But I think these two things can be important for us because it gets back to the 
are you praying like this? Are you saying this when you pray? Let me ask you this. Do you ever struggle? Do you ever struggle with what to pray? We'll use these words. If you ever get to a moment where you're like, I don't know what to pray, trust that Christ has given you these words for a purpose. Use these exact words. I mean, they're laid out here to teach you. They are here to protect you. There is absolutely nothing wrong with praying these precise words in your prayer. Jesus doesn't say, say this, and at the end of it go, well, but not exactly that. He says, say these words. Do you struggle with your mind on others? Pray this prayer. Do you struggle with with long prayers that go on and on? Pray this prayer. Do you struggle not knowing what to say? Do you struggle, whatever it is, pray this prayer. And let me encourage you, keep mining the Lord's Prayer. The fact that the Lord's Prayer is a prayer you will never outgrow, go back and back and back. Do not move beyond the Lord's Prayer and assume, oh, well, that's just sort of a beginner's prayer. It's not. View the Lord's prayer like a diamond, like a prayer diamond. That's got all of these facets that you can go back and be measuring your prayers against over and over because this was the prayer he laid out for those gr- the, the, the masses there, uh, that, whether a large group of disciples and a large group of others, but it was also for you know, the faithful ones that were left when everyone else left because of the hard sayings. You got just this faithful group. How did he teach them to pray? Father, hallowed be your name. The same prayer. So go back, look, look at the Lord's Prayer, measure your prayers against it. If you're a new believer, go to the Lord's Prayer. If you're a mature believer, go to the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is meant to teach us how to pray and how to measure our prayers. Do you pray this? Do you pray like this? If we're going to start understanding how we should pray, the very first thing we've got to do is take how we've been praying and hold it up against the pattern that the Lord has given. Or if you're a new believer or someone new to prayer and you're wanting to know, what should I start saying? Here's the model for you. You prayed your whole life. Well, you want to know if your prayers were what they should have been? Hold them up to this model. You're new and you're saying, I want to know how to pray. Teach me how to pray. I want to know these things. Here it is. Here are the words. Here's the prayer. Here's the pattern. And we're going to see next week and the weeks to follow what it's meant to teach us. And we're going to see just how rich this diamond is. But I wanted to start out really simple by setting up the standard of the Lord's Prayer for us, the words of the Lord's Prayer. Let's have a week where we as a church focus on When the Lord says, pray like this, let's pray it. Let's have our church pray the Lord's Prayer more this week than some of you might have prayed in your entire life. Uh, Let's go back and back and pray this prayer that the Lord has set out as an example for us to pray. Let's take the Lord at his word. Let's use this uh, valuable resource of the Lord's Prayer that's going to set us up Uh, to begin to, to delve into it in the weeks to come. Let's start out by bowing our heads right now. Just as we, as we take a moment 
it, it, it would be, uh, it'd be wrong of us not to examine our hearts according to what we've seen. I mean, it's just a simple thing. Jesus saying, uh, pray then like this. Jesus saying, when you pray, say. Uh, look, if you struggle with prayer, first thing I want you to do is to thank God for his instructions in how to pray. Thank God that he doesn't even, he doesn't even just give us sort of philosophical ideas of what prayer should look like. He gives you the words. He gives you the words. Those words have power, not because there's some sort of weird, you know, Eastern mantra behind them, but because they are, they are words of faith. They are words of trusting. Jesus is telling you what to ask your father for. He's laying out a pattern for you. He's giving you the words like, what should I ask God? Here it is. So thank, just thank God. Thank God for the words so that if you're ever confused and you don't know what to say, there's never a moment in your Christian life that you can say, I just don't know what to pray for. He's given you the exact words of what you could pray for. Never a moment you're going to not know what to ask your heavenly father. And then maybe we need a time of confession. Maybe we've just flippantly moved beyond the Lord's prayer. Maybe not even intentionally. Maybe not even intentionally, but we've, it's, maybe it's been a while since you even looked at Christ's example of prayer and asked yourself, is this how I pray? Is this the model that I follow? I mean, it's, we'll, we'll look next week. There are plenty of models out there for how to pray. Plenty of models for, that people have given in books and studies and whatever. But here's the one the Lord gave you. Do you, do you ever just stop and say, Lord, I want to make sure my prayers are matching how you tell me I should pray and what you tell me I should be praying for. Now, again, whether you're a new believer or a mature believer, whether you're someone who's just got there on the mountain, or you're someone who's there when everyone else has left him, this is a prayer for you. This is a model. This is a pattern for us. Let's pray it. And, and I'm so ready to get to next week because we're going to see this very prayer is a prayer we can pray because we know it's, it's all been fulfilled in Christ. It's all going to point us to him and, and be answered in him. And so, so take heart in the fact that the Lord is the one who teaches you how to pray. The Lord is the one who wants you to pray well. The Lord is the one who gives you the example. The Lord's prayer comes from your Lord, teaching you what to pray, what to ask for, because he wants you to ask rightly. So let's thank him for that. And let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil it is in christ's name that we ask this amen